Hello and welcome to episode 37 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, the final show for the 2015 season. I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, a.k.a. Dashdar, on the Reddit forums. And uh, tonight we have a special show for you all who've, who've uh, taken the time to listen. For several months now, we've shared with you all of our tips, strategies, and just general fantasy whims. And uh, it's, been, it's been a blast, I can definitely say. Uh, I know I speak for everyone when I say that's been a privilege to be involved with such a great community, and tonight we're just going to reflect on the entire season and uh, give you all our final thoughts on all the changes now that 34 game weeks have passed, so I hope you enjoy. So tonight, joining me, uh, we have our normal fantastic crew of Simon, Jason, Jay, and Guy, and maybe later in the episode, Travis might be able to join us, but not sure. Uh, I'm also pleased to welcome back Skylar Redpath, and uh, perhaps later in the show, I believe we're going to be joined by uh, MLS's own Ben Bear, and uh, so when that happens, we'll we'll let him jump right in. So welcome, guys. Hey. Hello, hello, friends. What's up? <laughs> uh, not much. Well, I mean, we don't have to talk about, I guess, if you don't want to, any expectations, but I do want to know, and I'm sure other people might like to know, how did your teams do this season? Um, well, I guess I'll start us off. So I was at rank one, number 100 going into the last week, and after the last week, I'm at rank number 100. So uh, I did not meet my goal. My goal was top 50 because I finished 60-something last year. But, uh, you know, it's hard to complain too much. Top 100 for the, I think, third third year in a row. I've played for three years, so I'm not, not too upset. Uh when you but, started out at, like, what, 6,000th? Yeah, I started out real bad, and I won our hosts head-to-head league, both the regular season and the playoffs, so I'm pretty happy about that, even though I think Reed had more points than me, and so did Travis. And <laughs> But whatever, I won in the win column. Cats find ways to win or something <laughs> like that. I don't know. So that's that's it for me. Yeah, I made a 50-point swing the wrong way. I was around 750 and was hoping to hit at least 700 and feel somewhat better about myself. Missed the deadline, did not do any trades, and finished up 801, I believe, is where I ended up. Not good. Yeah, I, I, uh, I came in at round 33 uh, at 93 and then um, decided to be cheeky and bring in Miazga and Grella over... Uh, Drogba, and that killed me. I went to 107, but I still did reach my goal of uh, being inside top 110 with a team value of 132.2. Nice. Actually, 132.3. I forgot I put one in the bank. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yep. I went uh, finished 82nd overall this year. I was up in the high of like 13th at one point, and it was pretty late in the year too. I just. I really screwed up. I thought I was smarter than I was, and then the kids went back to school, and I was distracted, and I, I blame my family. <laughs> Your life takes its toll sometimes. Uh, I'm to tell you. So, yeah, I had, uh, finished out the season at number 20 overall. Um, I think I got up as high as number 8 at one point. So I was shooting for top 10. That was kind of my goal, but... Um, you know, all in all, I'm, I'm happy with where I ended up. I did finish first in both the Howler Magazine and NYCFC Forums League. 
So before the um, before the season starts, I'll usually come through Twitter and Google um, just to see if there's any leagues that might be kind of under the radar that offer any prizes. And um, this season, I stumbled upon the NYCFC Forums League. They were offering a signed Kyrie Shelton jersey. That's cool. Yeah, so I jumped in that one and took it down. So didn't come away empty-handed this season and, and had a really good time playing. So it was a, it was a fun season. Now you make 30 bucks on eBay. <laughs> now they actually uh, some <laughs> fell through, and the guy's actually just giving me a uh, a nice little credit on the NYCFC store. So oh, that's cool. I'll be uh, decked out in some NYCFC swag if you guys are. They have a sweet scarf. Yeah. You can buy a, you, you can buy a Christ jersey. Oh wait, too soon. <laughs> you Sorry, almost cracked top ten. You almost cracked top ten in the R slash fantasy MLS league. So you came in thirteenth right there. Pretty pretty tough competition, I must say, in in our league. Yeah. Uh, I will give a plug for Travis right now because Travis came in thirty second overall. So well done for Travis. I uh, couldn't join us a lot near this end of the season because he had some work commitments that he had to stay with. Uh, I, I think you misspoke, Simon, because I think you got me by four points overall. I came in at 104. It got really tight there at, at the end, and so I was just a couple points off from from some some goals. Uh, Laren did not come through for me at all, and then Ellis missing that first game, uh, I think back in, in round 33, not getting me points right there also also kind of hurt me. So really regretting those couple of rounds where I, I wasn't able to make some trades myself. But 104, not a bad finish, I think. Everyone did did quite well, so congrats, guys. What a, what a pretty awesome season. Reed, you beat me by one point. Hey, it's it's tight at the top. <laughs> and it's and it's it's alpha and it's crazy alphabetical order too like because lefties logger super <laughs> flowis olmot and then me all the same points but lsr ardent man I, I'm just gonna be an a yeah. a royal army next year <laughs> that's good numbers good numbers there you go uh, actually but, right now I think we um we have uh, Ben Bear who's going to be joining us via cell phone. So we're going to uh, get Ben in. We're going to ask him a few questions, and then we'll go on with just our general thoughts of the game. What's up, man? Not much. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. We had a, a mid-season sort of uh, pause to see, hey, how did these changes work out so far? What did people think of how, mm -hmm. it, how it was going? And so we just mm -hmm. were taking a second, now that it's all over, to really look back and reflect. And so we know that the season for MLS is still winding down. Um, you guys probably haven't even thought much about fantasy for 2016 yet at all. But I didn't know if, if there's been some general chat around the office or just uh, were people happy with it? What are some general thoughts about how this, this, this season went with these some of these changes, if you can share that with I us? Think pe I think uh, people were happy with the way that the price changes have worked. I think the old way, um, it, was, it was a little tough for not people who weren't all the way in on fantasy to understand how the price changes work. So having it with, you know, based on performance I think worked out a lot better. It gave people a reason to pick certain players and not and not like just go ahead and just pick a guy who's gonna you think is gonna get a lot of transfers in. Um I, I really liked it personally. I wasn't involved in a whole lot of the planning at the beginning of last season. I mean obviously I knew I knew what what, what the changes were gonna be, but when I heard about how the pricing was gonna work I was I was pumped. Personally, so I, I mean, I think it worked out well. Uh, we can definitely have some improvements next year. 
We've had general talks, but as you said, it's, you know, we're still focused on this season. So anything for next year has been very general. We do look forward to hearing those little bits and pieces come out uh, to help us keep make it through this this offseason time. Uh, I know you do a whole lot of research that, that we've even called you the research bear whenever you're on the Extra Time Radio yeah. podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, and I know that a lot of people talk about how just uh, helpful the fantasy game can be as far as getting fans and growing the game. So what role do you think that MLS fantasy plays in growing this fan base? I mean, pers- personally, I mean, it's a little, uh, I mean, personally, I'm very invested in it, obviously, but uh, I think it's huge. I mean, you look at the NFL, I think the main reason that the NFL is so big is because of fantasy and because of, you know, gambling. But, uh, I mean, I think a lot of it's fantasy, and I think, yeah, and I think a lot of it, I mean, I think a lot of it's fantasy, getting people invested in players that, that, they don't, that they don't even know that much about or they're not even on their own team, but they care about every game, and, you know, as we know, we need we need an MLS. A lot of fans only care about their team. So to have the fa- the fantasy game grow, any fantasy game grow for MLS is would be huge in my opinion. And I, I guess I'm sort of putting the cart before the horse a little bit. But how did how did your team do? <laughs> oh God, I, I was like I was uh, like in the middle of the season. I was like in the hundreds. I was like I was like so excited. I was doing well. I wasn't doing well in that starting lineup head to head league. I had a couple of bad results, but I was doing great. <laughs> I was doing great in all my other head to head and overall. And then suddenly, I don't know what happened. I mean, I think I may have uh, had a couple weeks there where it wasn't like uh, I was focused on other things. But suddenly, I was like in the thousands. I was like, what is going on? I think I ended the season like the 1600s. I'm, I'm like, that's pretty terrible for a guy that's supposed to be uh, know everything. That sounds like the opposite of what happened with with Simon. The the big sort of joke at the beginning of the season was he was just just languishing down there in the bottom, and then he had this huge rally, and he he was like, "What you hit a hundred? Is that right, Simon?" Uh, yeah, I think he, I... he yeah he was he was up there. I, I don't know if he was that high, but he was even he was he led our MLR internal MLS digital league for a long time before Weeby took it at the end. And I, I don't think I even checked who won it because I was so pissed off about. I think I lost in the quarters in that one, so I was very mad. But yeah, was Simon was uh, at the beginning of the season. Yeah, we were like, "You don't even play fantasy, Simon." And then like <laughs> middle of the season, he's like in first place, and he's like every single Monday he comes in the office and says like, "And is ragging us basically." Oh, I can only imagine that. Oh goodness, that must have been been awful <laughs> for you, <all> guys. <laughs> Uh, so I guess the the last main question that I have, and we'll see if anybody else has has anything for you, is: uh, Are there any changes that just you personally, not MLS, just nothing that that you would like to see mm-hmm. next year? Uh, I mean, there's. I mean, I would love to see many different things. I'm not going to get into specifics. Sure. But uh, I mean, a lot of them are impossible. I mean, even with whatever we have now. I don't know. I mean, on on a smaller basis, it's kind of uh, it's kind of tough at the end. Of the, I mean, maybe based on how well I did at the end of the season, but at the end of the season, teams just like every everybody's the same players, and you have to rely on guys who like you don't even like you don't think are going to do well just because the differential play. Like you're just relying on these random guys players, and uh, it's not great. We have to figure out a way to open up the player pool in some way somehow. I don't know. That, that that would be my thoughts. Fun. What about you guys? You guys have any questions for for Ben? 
Yeah, Ben, I got a question for you. This is a Jay. Um, How you doing? Good, man. Hey, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Um, so the question I have for you is, I know, you know, we have about, you know, 30,000 people that are playing um, in the beginning of the season. Not too, not too sure how many active we have right now compared to the mm -hmm. Fantasy Premier League that has well over 3 million players. Is there a way to possibly limit our roster size um, down to, you know, the Premier Premier League size of 15 instead of, I believe, we have 18 or more? Uh, is there a way to, you know, limit that down to also help out with the bank structure and uh, substitutes and things of that nature? I mean, I've, I haven't talked to our provider, but it's, it's actually the same provider that does the Premier League game that does our game, so... I would think it's possible, but I'm not going to say for sure. So I think it came up in the mid-season one as well, but one of the suggestions was adding shots on goal as a bonus point for forwards because they really lack there as far as you know point potential. Both the top 20 forwards and defenders are about 20 points behind the top midfielders mm -hmm. with, uh, without factoring in Javinko, who's a monstrosity of... Who's <laughs> off the chart. Yeah, so... You know, taking them out of the mix, I mean, they're still a good, you know, 20 points behind, really. So, you know, again, shots on goal, I think might be a good option. And then I'd like pass completion as a stat in general. But I don't know if there's some ways we can you know, use some of that to make more players interesting, I guess. That's I think cool. uh, the stats categories are, you know, up, definitely up for discussion. I mean, I think that's a big reason why we haven't, maybe been able to get as much reach as we would want because it's basically just you're looking at goals, assists, clean sheets, all that. I mean, if we can get people more interested in other categories and do more research and all that kind of stuff, I think it would have the potential to get bigger. And I'm very, I'd be very interested in uh, bringing that in. It's definitely something I will bring up in our discussions for next season. For sure. I, I think that's definitely an advantage that I've always loved myself over the Premier League game, and I've hear, heard some, some friends of mine who, who live across the pond who do like how it's it's more than just goals and assists, which is what the, the EPL game is. Like I, I love our bonus point structure that, that MLS can yeah. table. I mean, My, it's definitely good for defensive it's definitely good for defensive players, but they still I mean, I was just looking at this actually today. I mean, a lot of the defend as you just said, the defenders are lagging behind the midfielders and forwards in terms of points. We need to fix that or, you know, I would love to see some changes. But I mean we still not there yet. Yeah, no, that sounds good. Goalkeepers as well, but I have an official I don't care about goalkeeper points. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> unless, they, unless they get a secondary assist, right? Yeah, just throw, just throw. I mean, to me, it's the, you pick the goalkeeper who's playing the worst teams every single week. That's, <laughs> I, I, I think that's the plan. The master strategy. That's what it is. Yes. I think do we have uh, maybe one more for Ben before he has to go. Um. Well, yeah, I kind of have... Um, so you were saying, this is guy, by the way. Um, okay. You were saying, yeah, that's good, man. Um, you know, kind of at the end of the season, it was all about, you know, everybody had the same roster and there was you know, the differential play. Um, we were talking about this in the office pool. Uh, maybe consider something like um, almost like a, a loyalty bonus for the players. Like, mm -hmm. you know, almost like maybe if you, if you got on when they were on like a hot streak, like they scored in X week and you didn't drop them, um, if you mm -hmm. got that, that kind of like that run of, of goal scoring or something, like you stuck with them, um, you didn't just swap them in and out, I don't, something to kind of mix up that the, the differential is there, but it also rewards people who stayed loyal instead of just kind of jumping in and out. 
Yeah, I mean, that's, uh, I think that's a good idea. I don't know how uh, feasible it is. It sounds a lot like our old uh, pricing system. But, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, we do, it's anything to make sure to, I mean, I would, just anything that would ensure maybe some different lineups or teams is uh, something up for, that we'll talk about, definitely. That's, a, that's an idea I'll, I'll throw out there. No, yeah, we're just glad that you're talking about next season. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already excited for next season. I can't wait. I, I don't know what I'm going to be doing for the next, what, six months of my life. Well, you're going to watch the EPL like every good American. I mean, right you, well, we still got we still got a month left of MLS. That's right. And, you know, then you got to get into the get, yeah. get into the super draft and all that. So well, yeah. as as a as a Timbers fan, I'm I'm already hedging my bet and the inevitable heartbreak that's coming. Yeah, hey, man, I know. I, I I know exactly how you feel. I was uh, I was uh, basically before the game, the Mets came yesterday. I was saying we already lost, so that's, um, that's what hey, I do. Hey, at least you made it to the World Series, man. I, I you know I live here in Salt Lake. I'm an RSL fan. This is the first time in seven years we haven't made it, and we just look like dog crap this season. So, <sighs> yeah, it's not easy being a fan all the time. No. <laughs> that's fun well I will give you one more parting question before you go one thing that we're doing later in the show is we're going to be giving or just picking our uh, awards for fantasies and so I'm going to ask ask you one one award who you would give this to and it is what player are you most likely to keep on your team even when he was injured even when he was injured even when he was injured who's that guy you're just not going to drop to be honest most of the time I drop him because he's injured but I think I kept uh, Robbie Keane on my team for a couple weeks, even though he was out. He had those problems with his, I forgot what it was, whatever injury he had. I'm going to say Robbie Keane. And he came back and just had a phenomenal, I guess, second part of the season. He he turned it on. So, yeah, yeah. that's a good one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. All right, well, thank you so much, Ben. I mean, unless there's anything else you'd like to share with us for insights into fantasy or what's going on, then we definitely appreciate you stopping by. Uh, no, my, my pleasure, guys. Uh, as I said, you know, Tune in to MLSsoccer.com. We have all the playoff coverage you could possibly want. Uh, we got goal of the year voting, all that jazz. So, uh, yeah, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks, Ben. All right, see you guys. So, yeah, that was really great. Uh, did you guys have fun talking to Ben? I think that was that was fantastic. He was able to come and join us. Good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's nice. I, I really I do just want to say that I love how MLS has supported us with, with our podcast, which I know is kind of kind of small comparatively to some of the things they do with both Ben and Andrew on during the season. Then we even had Quincy early on in the year, so um been some great support. So definitely appreciate this league and, and them reaching out to us to help us with things like this. But let's get on to our just general thoughts about the game. Similar to some of the questions that we asked Ben, uh, we had a few questions from Reddit, and I'll mention those as we go through these. But most we're just going to talk about the general topics. So first one, uh, general game changes, the big two price changes, and the team and bank size. So the the related question that we got here came from actually at Cody Deja Vu through Twitter, and he was saying that some of the players' price tags are out of control this year and red cards hurt too much. Um, please go back to the old pricing structure. So he was not happy about how, how price changes were done, but what about the rest of you guys? <clears throat> Cody Deja Vu, we need to have a word. Pal. Um, <clears throat> the price changes weren't out of control because it was it was merit-based, in my opinion. Like I, Now that we're all kind of in the EPL mode for fantasy... It is so annoying watching the the whims of the casual fan dictate the market. Yep. Um, 
it's just ridiculous. Like, I'm an Everton fan, but Arunakone got a hat trick this weekend. There's no way people should be jumping on the Arunakone bandwagon. <laughs> so, it's nice when you see somebody like Giovinco have, like, this astronomical price rise all season. It's like, well, because he earned it. And if you if you couldn't figure out how to get him on your team at any juncture, because I gave you, like, 20 wild cards this year, <laughs> uh, then that's on you. Like, I, maybe they could go to something with, I like the way the price rises. If they went to something to maybe establish a low, like we were talking about, to where there was some kind of a price hit for selling players too often, I could see something like that. But I do like the merit-based price rises as opposed to just the reactionary market. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you, guy. I uh, I remember the first. I want to say five up to the first five games of the season. I hated it because I was so stuck in my ways of the EPL. And you know, I remember last year. I mean, all of us who played waited, you know, at three in the morning for a Green Line Army to come on and post his price changes on Reddit, and we would all go in and do whatever we had to do. But you know, I really like the way the merit-based system is. Um, and the thing is, is that it forced you to really look a little bit more deeper into the games and matchups and try to get those heavy hitters, you know, like the Giovinco. I mean, I think Giovinco started at 11, and now he's, what, 13.6, 13.7, something like that. And it's like, if you didn't get him when he was, you know, in an attainable range, you probably weren't going to get him where you'd have to have a really bad front line or a really bad back line to get him. And, I mean, that's that's part of the game and part of the strategy. Um, red cards, I think, that, I think that minus, you know, 0.2 was – very fair for a red card. I mean, point two is not a lot considering uh, considering a red card. Um, I, I I respectfully disagree with you and don't think that we should go back to the old pricing structure. I think it could be improved with bonus points and things of that nature, but I like the way it is. Yep, I pretty much agree with everything that was said. And the every position went up, you know, max and average. You know, the... Geo's the highest at 13.7. Last year it was 11.9 for midfielders. Um, the max for defenders, 10.3 versus 10. For forwards, it's 12.4 uh, versus 11.7. So there wasn't a huge, you know, you may have felt the red cards once in a while, but overall team value went up much more than it went down. So Yeah, I totally to agree. I don't think, I thought it was pretty good this year, but like if there was a way to fix it so that you could get back to when a red card um, is rescinded. rescinded. That's like the only thing is like, it's pretty rough to like lose a couple of points for no reason. And I know that there's no real way to fix it because then it's fair to some people, unfair to others. But I think that the, the price should just be put back onto the player. And if you bought them while they were lower priced, well, then that's a little bit of a bug in the system. And maybe you're getting a gain on a player. But I think it would be better to have a little bit of a bug in the system than like the kind of ridiculous, you can lose point two for no reason. But somebody's kind of getting screwed either way. So it's what it is. And with like um, the, the transfer-based pricing structure, that honestly would kind of happen too because people, you know, it's based on transfers, what happens. So if tons of people transfer out a player because they got a red card... I don't know. I'm just saying. It's like either way, somebody's getting screwed no matter what. And I, I thought this price system was pretty good. Well, and you know, here's the other the thing nobody talks about is if you want to make it a football simulator, then you just make it to where there is no price changes during the year. 
you know, I mean, player prices don't change in real life. If you want to make it to where it's fair for everybody, you just have completely concrete prices, and you're going to have to just accept the fact then that certain players can't be mixed with other players because you can't afford it. Now, maybe that would solve the differential problem too. I like the way that the, the price rises this year, but maybe the, the complete antithesis to that is to say no price rises, you're not going to have Juvinko and Dempsey and Failhaber all on the same line because there's just no logical way that team would ever exist. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was pretty solid overall. I mean, I agree with you guys for the most part. And then to Simon's point, like the red card points, the point hits, then they definitely took a whole took a toll when it was your player on the receiving end. But at the same time, you know, as a manager, then I'm if it's a player that I've had my eye on potentially bringing in at some point, then you're able to pick them up at a pretty nice discount. So, you know, I think that all plays a part just in the in the managerial aspect of the game, which I like. So I don't mind that aspect of it, but it definitely, you know, it took a toll on your bankroll if it was a player you had on your roster. So, um, and then, you know, going back to, to what Jason was asking Ben about earlier as far as the roster sizes, like I definitely feel like smaller rosters are the way to go. I think 15, maybe 16 max is yeah. probably... Uh, probably best, but, you know, I mean, having a guy like Patrick Duty on my team was funny for a few weeks, but then after the uh, first few weeks of the season, it's kind of like uh, eating up roster space. Yeah, and also eating into your budget, too. I mean, like, I think that I think that EPL or FPL has perfected it with the 15 roster man or 15 roster spots. You got your three bench players, or your three active bench players, your one goalie, or your keeper, I should say, and there you go. I mean, I think that that's that also adds a little more intricacy of who you know you need to make your you need to really you know make your uh, your bench players either you know nothing or you need to have viable subs in case somebody gets hurt. Which this year we all know that there were so many injuries. Oh man. Definitely. I mean, that's what we had the last couple of years. And personally, that's what I'd like to see us go back to. For me, I just had garbage on my bench the entire time so that I could maximize the points yeah. I, had in, I had in the field. I'd love for anyone who's listening right now to, to send the Twitter message to me or email or something and let me know if you were able to successfully navigate having a bench for the majority of the year, not just a couple of games, but for the majority of the year, having a bench and, and how successful that was for you. Because I really did not see that as a viable strategy beyond one player, and you'd be pushing it for me if you were going to have two players on the bench, unless it was just some garbage bench guy, bench guy that you know was just like Woodbury uh, and Polster, man. Those two like of the yeah, yeah. Those, those guys who you didn't really expect them to play, but it's like, well, because of injuries and things, that was there. But just legitimate starting bench options, I just did not see it, and, and I would love to see a, a switch back to the 100 million point budget with, uh, or dollar budget with the, the 15-man team roster. Yeah, and it's, <clears throat> the only reason they, they changed that was because of the, the Caparoo in that first year, right? And that was the cheating thing, and now they've still got the switcheroo this year. I don't know why they can't just do it to where it locks completely like the EPL system does. Yeah, I don't, I don't think captain, I don't think people really cared as much about the the switcheroo. I think it was really it. the caparoo. Sucks. But, sucks. but well, you just don't know how to do it. I mean, I know how to do it. it getting work. rid of vice captain <laughs> fixed the switcheroo or the caparoo. That was all they had to do. Right. Yeah. But they just need to leave it back. Like put the vice captain back. Give us the three you know position players, and then 
you know, once the roster locks, it locks, and then mm-hmm. your your subs come into play because your first move every year building your team shouldn't be finding all the four million dollar players before you can build your real team. Yeah, like that. that that's that's a buzzkill. They really, if they want to do anything, they shouldn't have us pick our garbage players before we pick the team we want to build. <laughs> that's true. I got this. What I have left, uh, and then as far as Cody's question, I I'm, I'm half there with him. I, I don't think that uh, the prices were out of control. I think a lot of people thought, and not a lot, but I, I think there was a nice chunk of people who were on the fence at the start of the season, and I think a lot of them have come over. And so I, I yeah. do agree that I think this was a great price system. I, I really enjoyed it. But I will agree with Cody that um, I thought red cards did hurt a little bit too much. Just that stack of you get that automatic minus two plus at the end whenever it, it adds up the averages, and you could also get another minus two for a cumulative minus point four loss. I I would much prefer it to see just like if you get a red card, you get a minus point two, and that's where it stops. It's like sounds it sounds like Cody had Olave in his team too much. <laughs> yeah, and the bench could burn you too on this if you had bench players who could play but maybe not get you know. A lot of minutes. Uh, one one Barry, point Woody. Uh, Woodbury. One <laughs> point Woody. How many points did I lose from that? Or how many uh, dollars? I know, I know. Millions, yeah. You know? yeah. So, there's, there's some valid points there. But. Yeah. So those oh, are the two biggest better. biggest changes that, that people had to deal with. Um, and it seems like we're kind of about in the same... Did anybody like the team size? I guess just before we move on, I want to see that. Did any? Does anyone like this this big roster? No. no. Okay. Just and not everybody talked about it. Uh, as far as other smaller changes that, that just we'll go highlight real quickly, the transfer deadline did change. We we didn't uh, we got more time, so it wasn't 15 minutes before anymore. The interface did change. We had multiple wild cards more often this season, and then uh, this last one uh, leads us into a question. Some of the double game week scheduling. Uh, Corolla, who was on the show early in, in, in the year, uh, used to do some blogging on his own. Um, he he wants us to talk about the merits of having the double game week start at the beginning of the midweek or on Friday. Um, and he definitely would prefer to have it on Friday because that would just give more time for information and injuries to come out. The best example I have for people listening for what this would work is if you looked at round 33 of the season where we just had that random Sporting Kansas City-Colorado game on Wednesday before the final so that we only had one game from everybody. That was all lumped into 33. He was kind of saying, why don't we just do that the entire season? And if we had a Wednesday game the following week, just make that part of the same game week and have it always start on Friday. And I got to say, I, I like that idea. It it kind of, for me, it feels like it keeps things together. Everything starts on the weekend. Um, I don't know. I think that's got some strong merit to it as far as is that. Otherwise, all those other changes, I, for myself, I had some weird stuff going on with the formatting of my Windows phone as far as the layout of the fantasy website. I do miss the drag and drop, but love the new deadline. Definitely. From a writing point of view, that sure would be nice, wouldn't it? No doubt. Yeah, I, I, I think, though, that I mean, a lot of it has to come into play of travel time, scheduling with... I mean, the the limited amount of TV and contractual agreements they have. I agree with this 100%. I think that I think it'd be much better to start it on a Friday, but then you got to realize, what if a team is, what if you know, what if RSL is playing, you know, in New England on Friday, and then on, 
on Sunday for the second double game week or for the second game of the double game week has to go either to Seattle or something like that. Like that's 6,000 miles within, you know, three days. I mean, that's going to be very tiring on players and especially the amount of double game weeks you've had this, this year. I think that that would be detrimental to players and teams. Well, I think we're just talking from the fantasy side. So it's like the schedule, the MLS schedule is what it is. But as far as how we divide up game weeks and fantasy, let's just say they always start on Friday. Yeah, I love Kroll's suggestion here. I mean, it should always yeah, so start on Friday. Consistency. That's that's the biggest thing. Consistency. Yeah, so if you had a double game, it would be a Sunday and a Wednesday almost every time. Right. It would be and Sunday so, and next Wednesday. It would, it would be. We would go from Friday through Wednesday. Would be okay. I see what you mean. Would be a game week, and then we wouldn't have the Friday. We wouldn't have the Saturday Sunday as one, and then Wednesday to make that a whole to to make that the start of the next one, where you only have like a two day turnaround for, as Guy said, riding definitely pushing it. You don't even know what's going to happen for those other two days as far as potential injuries from those teams from their from their game. So it's just this random thing that's out there in fantasy, and it just causes all sorts of. of yeah. I I think that's a great suggestion. Given that there's games almost every Friday, except for the weird weeks where there's like, you know, two games or something, which they should just maybe not have games, whatever. Um, (laughs) But I I like it. I never thought about it before. Um, I wasn't even sure when I read it that I fully understood it. But now that we've talked about it, I absolutely would love to start on Friday, every Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. Yep. Games on TV and your fucking fantasy team starts. Sorry. <laughs> hey, but, but but even along along the lines with that, like with the injuries, MLS needs to disclose injuries. I love how on yeah. on Friday the you know the Premier League they all have their press conferences. They discuss the potential lineups, who's in, who's not playing. I just don't. And I mean, like I said, I said it all year. I'm selfish because of fantasy reasons, but at the same time. I think it's something they need to 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 tell the fans. I mean, NFL does it, MLB does it, fan, or, uh, Premier League does it, every league in the world does it except for Major League Soccer, and I don't know why. Yeah, the whole you know, official I, stance. Yeah, I think that if if we're gonna say that you know whatever the the DraftKings controversy is, having a major fantasy partner like that is going to push that issue. Um, yeah, just true. by the nature of the beast, because. You're, you're right. I mean, nobody's going to watch all these other sports when they have fantasy lineups if they don't know who's hurt or not. I mean, yeah. NFL is every day there's a new, you know, a new. Yep. It's gone from questionable to probable. It's gone from this to that. Yep. MLS is just this giant black hole of information. And that if you're going to get people interested in any kind of fantasy game, you've got to have better reporting. It just, it just make it mandatory. Just lie to me. Like, well, I mean, let me be surprised, but give me some information. <laughs> yeah, especially uh, when you're investing an injury that you just spin. I'm like, uh, ankle, knock, sprain, there we go. Yep. <laughs> a lot of it just goes back to gamesmanship, though. I mean, a lot of these coaches, they don't yeah. want to show their hand. So sure. if they know uh, Keane's 100% for the weekend, yet reports are saying he's 50%, then that's obviously going to affect how the – other team might prepare um, to play against the Galaxy, and mm-hmm. you know it's it sucks as a fantasy player because we want the, that information stat, but yeah, um, that also goes back to kind of the skill side of it is that you've got to be doing your research, you've got to be like, you know, grinding on Twitter trying to hound the, the beat writers, trying to get every little bit of information you can. <laughs> so 
Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's definitely it's not uh, favorable not getting that information, but I think it's all part of the fun of uh, playing fantasy. Yeah, but that's but but that's I think that's also why we you know fantasy MLS has thirty thousand people, and it really hasn't grown. I think it's actually declined since last year. I don't know. I just wish they would do that, like I said, for my own personal selfish reasons. And I will give a little bit of a, uh, of a teaser for uh, a suggestion that we have coming up in our in a couple sections from now. There's a very creative way that I, well, I guess not creative, I think people have talked about it before, but I enjoyed hearing it again for how to deal with situations like this that I think is definitely something that we should consider in 2016. So keep listening and find out what that is. Uh, so the last thing that I'm going to bring up for what I'd like to have people's thoughts on, maybe Skylar and I won't talk about this since we were involved with it, but MLS did change some things this season with how they provided fantasy insights to the whole community. Ben Jada left, went over to Upper 90, check him out on Twitter, and uh, they brought in some other people, uh, Skylar and myself included, who who wrote articles, and Travis, who's, who's not here with us tonight, um, to provide just different viewpoints for the community. And so for the rest of you guys, and of course, Skylar, you're welcome to, to jump in with this as well. Um, did you enjoy that? How, how did you just, just honestly, what did you think about having these right? What worked, what didn't work? What would you like to see? I, I mean, since I'm starting this off, I, I read the MLS websites. I read, you know, guys, uh, Fantasy Footy, Mondo. I... I tried to diversify myself and read everyone's different, you know, viewpoints and perspectives because obviously, for the most part, everyone in this room has been in the top 100, if not, you know, top 125. So we all we're all pretty good at what we do here, and you know, reading everyone's different viewpoints of players, it helped me out personally. Um, I can't really speak for much of it because you know I came in my first year being last year. Um, I was very active with Ben on Twitter. He was he was awesome. Always retweeted, always tweeted back. Um, but really, that was the only interaction I ever had. And me being kind of a noob last year, I didn't really go on you know the MLS website. I did uh, I did watch uh, Andrew Weeby and Jason's um, uh, video podcast on there. But uh, I really, honestly, I really didn't notice a huge difference um, besides maybe some of the stats. Uh, being a little uh, skewed this year and inconsistent, but I don't know if Ben had any control over that. Yeah, I, I have a confession to make. I've never read a Ben Jada article. So, um, and, well, here's I'm the just thing, kidding. though. Here's the thing, though. Like, I, I read your guys' articles now because I know who you are. Um, but prior to that, I never read the MLS site fantasy articles because when I want to like, – I'm a – you know, sports addict, so I play every fantasy league out there. I don't go to NHL.com for my fantasy stuff because <laughs> I always just assume that there's, like, this this narrative that's being structured. Like, it's going to be, okay, you need to talk about this guy this week. We're trying to push this guy. I know you guys. I know that's not, that's not happening. I'm sure you guys have complete, you know, control over what you want to present. But it's this weird thing that I – Maybe it's my own conspiracy theory in my head where I never go to the actual league websites for my fantasy stuff, but now that I know you guys, I do because I want you guys to have some clicks and stuff. That it's I didn't know who Ben John even was prior to this year when you guys were talking about him so much. So I guess I didn't <laughs> He's see He's a very as nice that. guy. <laughs> yeah, I follow him on Twitter now. He, he seems to be you know a pretty decent chap. I, I just uh, I don't know. I, I always go to the uh, the, the little you know, site that could kind of kind of approach. So 
Yeah, I mean, I just I think it's good to have more people involved with fantasy, so I'm always sad when uh, people are maybe a little bit less involved, but, you know, things are what they are. People move on. I don't really, you know, have any idea into people's lives, so that's kind of my view on it. So, But, yeah, yeah. I, I kind of like the content this year that was there, so that's about what I got. Yeah, just my two cents real quick. I think Ben did an excellent job um, kind of when he was at the helm, so to speak, um, of MLS Fantasy. And he was kind of the go-to there for a little while um, for a lot of MLS Fantasy players um, just because he was working out of MLS headquarters. Um, you know, any lineups, sit, start questions were pretty much directed towards him. And it seemed like Multiple times a week, he was putting up articles, whether it just be like ownership percentages or, you know, most captain players, stuff like that, that I think fantasy players appreciated, um, which I don't think we've seen as much of this year. But um, like Simon said, I think it's always good to hear, you know, other people's opinions and kind of sift through what information is available. So I think from that aspect, it's been good just to have few more hands involved, but definitely think uh, Ben brought a lot to the, to the fantasy game too. So um, it's been a little bit of an adjustment, I think, for a lot of players out there this season. So if this is your first time following MLS Fantasy or listening to our podcast and you don't follow Ben on Twitter, definitely look up Ben Jada. Uh, he's working with Upper 90 now, tweets a lot of relevant soccer stuff, so he's, he's really fun to follow. Uh, but for the rest of you guys, before we move on to our next segment, um, are there any other questions you want to throw out to the panel? Mm. No? We did cover most of the changes right there. So, yeah, um, we'll t- take a really quick moment uh, to talk about some daily fantasy stuff. I know a lot has already been said about this topic uh, and the integration of daily fantasy in general in, into MLS. I don't think we need to restate... Um, the same old rhetoric that that's been going on again. So, uh, but I would I did I do want to take a moment to address an interesting question that was posted on Reddit from a longtime listener, Mike That Tiger, a very very faithful, fun person to interact with, uh, and he's now he's not in favor of this idea. Just just so we know, but he wants to know how we feel about the pricing structure and if if what we think about it being changed to mirror. Uh, that that's in DraftKings and also the team structure so that it would eliminate having to have two sets of advice? Yeah, that's a good question. I think it would definitely make things a bit easier to follow kind of from a reader's perspective and also to write about from a writer's standpoint. But I really just can't see it happening. Um, it would be such a drastic change to the FMLS game. Um, and I'm all for seeing some added uh, scoring categories, but I just, I think it would probably be too much just to try and sync the two. Um, You know, that being said, I do think the content that the league puts out is pretty clear as to what format the article is referring to, so I think as a fantasy player, too, it's still worth a read, kind of what we're going back to earlier. Um, I think uh, Jason and Simon both alluded to this, and Guy also, Um, just it's still worth a read, kind of regardless of what it's geared towards, season long or, or daily. Like for me, I'm all about processing as much information and advice before I pick my teams. So 
you know, I like to hear what Reed thinks, um, even what Guy thinks, like on, on Mondo Goal, and uh, Travis on his punt, or uh, Travis on his bonus Jay. points, and then Jason with his punts. So, you know, it's all it's all good info, regardless of the setup. Um, but I just I can't see that uh, that happening as far as the scoring mirroring each other. Yeah, it would be it would be hard because <clears throat> I know that the daily sites, I mean, their prices change based on player performance, so they're very static like that. So unless you unless you mirror their scoring categories, you would see play, players' prices rise and fall based on things that look nonsensical in the FMLS game. Like you know, like Nagby is always a really high high priced uh, daily player because he he wins so many fouls. Like he gets a lot of points through that. So you wouldn't want to see Nagby on the top end of your FMLS team just because he was winning stats in another category that was for another another platform. But I, I think there's some merit to to streamlining how the how it all goes, but maybe not through that that avenue. Yeah, it's tough to me. Um, I think if you like change the pricing and stuff, you got to change it all so it's the exact same system because they're so designed to suit the the way that each individual game is. Um, I don't necessarily think that'd be a bad thing. Um, the risk, I think it's more like of a business thing. Like, honestly, I don't think it really matters that much. You change the scoring, whatever. Like, it's still going to be roughly the same skill set. It's more like, do you really want to throw all your eggs in one basket business-wise with things and really build your game off of their model? Um I don't know. I'm not in business probably for a reason because I'd probably screw that decision <laughs> up. So I don't know. But I'm sure MLS will figure it out. Okay. Sorry. Go for it. Yeah, I could see some parallels in this, but I, I mean, I, it would be kind of difficult for me because I've never played DraftKings before, so I really don't know how their pricing structure is. But from what I've seen, you know, if like Geo is six thousand dollars one game, and then he scores a hat trick, and then next week he's at eight thousand dollars, that the same pricing is not going to mirror the, that of of fantasy, you know, soccer. But and also the stat categories, I've from what I've seen, they're completely different, and you get bonus points for completely random different things. And like uh, like Schuler, uh, Skyler said, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, you did it that, too. I know I did it too. It's the first time I've done it. I'm it sorry, bro. Time, I'm sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's. I think that it would be it would be a very large integration, and I I, I personally don't think it'd be worth it. But I think that there should be some sort of uh, similarities with maybe you know bonus points, um, you know shots on goal key passes like like you know seven out of ten things that are the same that could draw similarities to both since they are now uh, integrated together that could help uh, both people you know go you know you play fantasy magic soccer hey I'm gonna go play DraftKings or even some sort of bonuses saying hey if you're a uh, you know FMLS player hey you know we'll give you you know we'll match you I know they already do the $200 but you know we'll match you or we'll give you some sort of discount or something to try to draw that fan base in as well. Yeah, you guys touch on a lot of good points. So Sorry, go, ahead. go ahead, Jason. There was a, uh, an episode of On Point this last week about DraftKings. Um, NPR show, if you don't listen to it, it's awesome. But uh, 
they did mention that one of them, and I believe it was DraftKings, but I might be wrong, switched from some other provider to Opta. So there should be some consolidation towards Opta for the underlying base data. So Yeah, it was DraftKings. It was a yeah. pretty big switch right. for them. I think it's a, a good one, too. Yeah, yeah, so if you're great. you know if you're seeing if you're counting clearance blocks and interceptions for MLS and it's different for that, then that should be rectified now. Sure. <laughs> in regards to that, um, as you guys know, there was a lot of inconsistencies with the scoring from I believe it's Opta Joe or Opta Jack, one of those. Um, do you Jack guys, is Jack is England. Joe is US. Okay. Okay. Opta Joe. Opta do you guys, Joe. Do you guys think that there's gonna be any type of, I mean, I don't know if this is the wrong term, but um, uh, lack of attention to detail of what is going on and the points, because I feel that there were a lot of, you know, assists, own goals, key passes, crosses, uh, goals that should have been counted um, that were not counted, red cards, yellow cards. Like, I, I mean, do you guys, do you guys foresee any type of change on that, or do you guys think it's going to be the same old, same old for next season? I, don't, I didn't think that was too big of a problem, especially with crosses and key passes, because I, I think we've got to remember, key passes are the pass that leads to a shot on goal. And so if they're just booting it to nowhere, that's not even going to count. In crosses, it, it has to be connected, your player has to connect with the ball inside the box. So sure. there's there's some things that I think lots of us be like, oh, that's clearly a pass, but just the statistic... Of, of, I guess not even the statistics, but just the logistics of how they've defined that for within the game make it not. So I, I didn't find that as as big of a deal. And there's still a human element to Opta as well. It's sure, not like just sure. a machine who's going through it all. Well, yeah, but but I mean, like, like I just feel that this year, more than last year, I feel that there were a lot more flaws and errors in the scoring system of, I mean, I, I think I was just bringing in, like, the key passes and things like that just to encompass everything, but more sure. along the lines of you know assists and goals and and even your and even your uh, your second assist. It's like oh the guy uh, you know uh, legit passed it to GDS and GDS passed it to Keen and Keen scored, but Keen dribbled 14, 14 dribbles, so that's not a second assist. It's like <laughs> I just think that there's too many gray areas, and I don't know if I'm making any sense to you guys, but probably not. All right. But we'll see. It's it's definitely something to go forward with. I, I think they do a pretty good job. So in, in general, I think it's I think it's pretty good good effort that they make. So I wasn't trying to slam. I was just I was just one of your. Oh yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, I just keep thinking back to like the beginning of the season with with that pass. Um, I think it was with Mix, and it like did that deflect off of the Orlando players or New England players' foot? Was that really a second? What's going on? I remember. I remember that. At yeah. The beginning of the year. That was it was a fun time. So yeah, I mean, lots of stuff are coming with with the the DraftKings game, the Daily Fantasy. I, I think it kind of relates back to some of what, what Ben Bear was saying a little earlier in the show where um, just getting this out there and getting people involved in the fantasy can help the league. So I, I like the different options. I agree with Mike that I, I don't think that merging the two would be good because they, they offer different flavors of fantasy for people. So that's definitely going to appeal to others. Like myself, uh, I've, I've dabbled in daily fantasy. It's not my favorite just because it feels way too serious to me with real money on the line. But I love the, the, the season-long game. So there's just different, different things for different people. That being said, I do think some of the stats that they do track in daily would be great to bring over to MLS, especially um, percentage of passes completed. 
So moving into our final section, this is just the overall impressions that we've had for 2015 and just our hopes from for 2016 games. So guys, what are your final thoughts for the 2015 season? Speak it now or forever hold your peace. I would just like to say that I had a really good time. I don't really, I don't know. You play, you definitely play MLS fantasy for the fun of it. It's not like anyone's actually making money off of this. Like the, the actual website game. If you're not on DraftKings, you're definitely not making money on it. And so it's just something you do for fun and to increase your enjoyment of the league. And I know maybe there's about the same amount of players, like no growth really in the game. But I don't know. I've had a really good time getting to know our listeners and just having a community of people to talk about soccer with and fantasy soccer every week. And yeah, definitely the best MLS fantasy season yet for me in terms of the fun that I had. So... Yeah, really grateful for that. Yeah, man, I agree with you on that one. Like, uh, second season, and, you know, I've definitely been a lot more invested in this. As, as, as the guys on the podcast know, I've I've yelled at my wife a couple of times, and she's yelled at me because I've been so invested in, uh, in the podcast and with you guys. And, uh, you know, really just getting to know so many awesome people through MLS Fantasy Boss, the chat, Reddit, um, Twitter, uh, and, you know, thank you to, you know, our hundreds of listeners that we have. You guys honestly make it that much fun and that much more fun and enjoyable for this game. And I really hope that together we can all grow this and, uh, you know, we can eventually uh, grow MLS Fantasy Boss and be a bigger part of, uh, you know, the Reddit and MLS community and help you guys all out and uh, growing the sport, growing this fantasy community and uh, growing the game. So thank you guys. Cheers. I like the world champions mostly. I'm oh, sorry. No, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I like. I think it was overall a net positive as far as the rules for the league for the for the season. I like. I liked how it went. Um, I think the time is ripe for draft leagues. I really enjoyed playing Dugout FC for Premier League this year much more than the actual Premier League fantasy game. So, um, I would like to see more of that coming up next year for MLS, hopefully. But uh, um, and for both of those sites both the MLS site and the Dugout FC site, you know, the, the things that are lacking for me is this, you know, the stuff that I do with MLS Fantasy Viz, which is trying to consolidate all those stats into a quick, easy way to look at them. So I hope both of them improve next year so I can stop worrying about my website and just... <laughs> <laughs> I want to retire, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I don't... Um, I think it was... Uh, a huge boost in the gameplay. Um, certain parts of just the MLS league were disappointing. Just the the scheduling in general, um, you know, international breaks and those sort of things. Um, you know, it, it's it's tough to navigate those things with any kind of strategy, and that, that that's the big takeaway. And I think, you know, like the EPL proved when there's a when there's a need for a market like that. Uh, for like draft leagues or other kind of information, people just kind of make it up themselves. And if they, you know, maybe they uh, do it themselves or somebody else is going to get that business and that advertising. So I don't know. It's it, there's a it's wide open in the future, I think. It was a good start this year, though. Yeah, I really had a blast playing this season. Um, I think... I will say that there that it was much more competitive this season than in years past. Uh, maybe the guys over there at MLS Fantasy Insiders had something to do with that, but 
Um, all in all, it was a good season. Had a lot of fun. And uh, Travis, I'm I'm gunning for you in the starting lineup, head-to-head experts league next season. So watch out. <laughs> Yeah, for me, I have to say that overall, this this season was uh, the most fun of of the three that I participated in so far. Even with some changes that that I would like to see happen for 2016, um, and for me, it was mostly due for this new pricing structure. It was just so much more laid back for me to not have to worry about getting up at five o'clock to check the postings and run my own ridiculous spreadsheet to see that to, to pull the the stats off there that I was just like, you know what, I can just sit back and enjoy it, and it's so much easier to wrap my head around of how this is going to work. Awesome. So this this was a fantastic season. Definitely a step in the right direction, and I hope that everyone listening can continue to be an advocate like we are for your friends and, and others to, to get them into the game. But now, maybe what people have been waiting for, or at least I'm sure you guys just have these, these thoughts bubbling up in your head, what are some of your hopes and or improvements for 2016? Mm, well, um, we kind of went over this a little bit before. We did. Uh, yeah, I uh, I don't know. I, I would like to see, you know, with better reporting um, and just really trim down the fat of this thing. There's... I, I when I when I open up the game next year and I register and I pick my team for the first time, I don't want to have to just load my team with a glut of four million dollar players. Um, I want to have people that are going to play, are going to be active. I want to get excited about every player on my team. Like the third sub on my team, I should be really excited about what a sneaky under the radar pick that's going to be for a for a substitution. I shouldn't just have to look at my bench and just be like, I'm never going to use any of these players. So if if there was one thing, I don't care about the pricing so much. I just want the game to go so that every player is needed and useful. Definitely. Before anybody else goes, I forgot to to follow through with the teaser that I gave earlier. We had two related questions. One came from my own bobblehead who was talking about transfers. It says that his hope for 2016 is that all transfers will be pending until rosters are frozen the day of the game. So this would allow you to go back and rescind a transfer after if you find out a guy's been injured or if somebody is just no longer been loaned or something and it's just not available anymore that you would have a chance to fix that up before you have to sink in a minus four or a minus 12 into your team. But kind of on the other side, uh, PDX Soccer Dad comes back and says that the change he would most like to see is for trades to be treated like substitutions and so that there, there is a he can basically make trade to the entire game as long as the team hasn't played yet. So it would lock with team, not with that. So he just doesn't want things to lock at all. So I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on some of those, uh, on those two ideas. Well, most other most leagues in the world, their fantasy games are like that. You know, if you're if you don't have a kicker for Monday Night Football, you can pick him up like Monday at work. You know, uh, there's there really isn't a logical reason why that that isn't a thing. Yeah, you know, other than just maybe the logistics of whatever coding process they're going through to build the game. But like Ben said, they use the same provider as EPL, and and this is how EPL works. Right, they, and maybe that the lock. maybe that would be the one innovation that the MLS could kind of forced through before the EPL perfects it. Because 
if there's one thing that MLS teams love to do is not start the same starting 11 two <laughs> games in a row. Oh, the MLS shuffle. Yep. Yeah, they... DC United, I don't think, I think there was like a like inner office pool how many different starting 11s they could possibly get over the <laughs> course of a year. Yeah, I mean, they, I don't know why they have to lock all exclusively. It should be open. Yeah, I, I mean, I know that we in America try to be different and bigger and better and everything like that, but there's some things that, that I think that we need to stick with and maybe even copy like the like the FPL system. I personally think there's a reason why. I know F, I know the FPL is I'm sorry the EPL is you know the most watched sport worldwide. Um, it's you know the biggest sport in the world, and uh, obviously that's why they have over three million people. But I think that if we model you know the the meat and potatoes of what they do and copy it and do that, I think that the rest we can make our own you know great little differences and things like that. But I think that then modeling it after that with having all your transfers pending until rosters are frozen. I think that's a cool idea, but um, I, I, th I still think it'd be better, you know, you know, pick your players, you know, the day before the game. So on either Friday, Friday morning, Friday afternoon, after a press conference, when they announce their starting lineups or their players that are injured, but then that goes back to the injuries. They don't talk about injuries. So that's going to be very difficult to do as well. So I think that a lot needs to be changed for either one of these two um great ideas to even be considered. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning leaning towards uh, what PDX Soccer Dad said. I, I love the idea of uh, being able to swap players in and out um, based upon their actual game start time, and that's one of the reasons that I love playing daily so much over on DraftKings is that you can swap players in and out up until their individual game kicks off. So, for instance, this past weekend... Um, Adam Corrasse, uh, Portland Timbers goalkeeper, comes down with the flu, um, had him in some lineups elsewhere, which didn't allow for late swap. Fortunately, DraftKings, I was able to swap him out, and I put Gleason in, who was much cheaper. So that worked out. He got got the shutout, just as I was hoping for uh, from Corrasse. But that's just an example for you. I mean, there's so many times this season where there's been a guy that after lineups lock, you know, two or three days later, say lineups lock Wednesday, Thursday, then Saturday the guy's playing, and I think David Villa was one of them. Um, you know, pretty popular player comes up, Gimp or whatever, pulls a hamstring in warm-ups and gets scratched from the lineup. Like, you're stuck with a goose egg there. So, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the only thing that... To, that everybody else that rostered him is stuck with a goose egg too, but I just I think it m would make things a little bit more fun and interesting if you were able to swap that player out um, right before his his team kicks off. I mean, for me, I like it's I think it's a cool idea too, but like I don't I also don't want to be stuck trying to follow lineups all weekend. Like I like to get out and do things instead of just be in front of like lineups all day. But I totally think I don't know. I think it's a good idea. I just wanted to provide that quick counterpoint, but I would, forget yeah, it. I would rather <laughs> like <laughs> I would rather have that than the way it is this year. I guess what I like is I like the pending transfers idea. I don't know because I think it's like you just don't want to miss an entire week of transfers. Like sometimes you just get blanked, and that's okay. Yeah, and the reason the NFL and other leagues can get away with that is because they have pretty standardized start times. 
Yeah. And yeah, if there's exactly. one thing that I'm hoping that DraftKings can do, I mean, already with the with DraftKings coming in, was it like the first time we ever got a decision day where every team played on like the last day of the year? Like, if we could just get you know a standardized schedule to where it wasn't like this random all the crap. There's a game on Thursday this week, and then this game got bumped back to two. Like, there's just so many scheduling errors. But if we could just have it like all right, Saturday games are going to be this time and this time, two groups, call it good. It wouldn't be that big of an imposition, but, of course, they're just all over the place when it comes to start time. So, yeah, that would be a little bit of a of a bug. So, Yeah, uh, i got to throw in real quick. Simon, you're exactly the type of head-to-head opponent I'm hoping to play in, in a daily contest. The guy that leaves Corase in. Oh, <laughs> see, nah. See, it ain't going to happen Shots like fired. that, though. That's the thing. is like, because if it's a capability, I'll be all over it, and it'll just stress me <laughs> out. That's why I don't want it as an option, because I will be too like, ah, I got to get it and be on until like 10 minutes prior. I'll never screw it up. I just, ah, I don't want to think about it. I want to have my coffee in peace. So I have a list of a few things that I was just thinking about uh, before the show, and you guys can comment on any of these however you'd like, or if you have any more to add. Um, of course, I, I love Corolla's idea from earlier. I'd love to see that different way to approach double game weeks implemented in a new season. Uh, I'd like to see maybe a different approach to pricing or just some more thought into the pricing at the start of the season, because I think a few guys were just kind of like, wow, he's that much? Holy cow. And... Uh, some of that maybe was just due to performance at the beginning of the season, but there are, there were a few guys that I just did not want to touch throughout the year, and some guys who were definitely undervalued. Um, I, I wish there were more mini-games, and I think we've talked about this some before, too, is that if you had monthly winners of something, like, hey, maybe it's just a scarf or whatever, but have a, a monthly person so that people had a reason to keep playing month to month and not just get so far behind, but have, like, some little mini-games throughout the season that people could, could play for, and then even tied into that... Um, just some maybe modified pricing structure with getting some of the clubs involved. Like we've seen on, on DraftKings where it's like, oh, you can win some tickets for like this special club side experience. It's like, well, why not go up to the Portland Timbers or, or the Sounders or Sporting Kansas City or something and be like, hey, can we get a picture of whatever, whomever, and and have them sign it and be like, yeah, whoever wins this month gets a signed picture of uh Graham Zuzi or, or whatever and just some things like that because I don't know how much I guess support or help the league gets from the clubs. I know that MLS throws out that gift card for those different league, different team leagues but I don't know how much they're involved in it and I feel like that's a fairly cheap thing for them to ask for just like hey you're in our league we're trying to grow the brand sign this please. And, and just go like catch him after a game. I mean, I don't, I don't know. That doesn't seem like it'd be too terribly hard. And then I, I would love to see just some better sorting options within team management for our, our personal leagues and our private leagues to be able to sort by who got the most points this round, or to have a player search feature, or even be able to highlight the top leagues. That 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 was last year. You could look at what the top five best leagues were. And that's gone this year with with the redesign. So just some things like that, I think, would be be great. Just from a a um, league management side, I think that could be more fun for the managers to go in if we're not going to go with a draft system. Discuss. Yeah, I'm with you on the prizes, yeah, man. Definitely. For me, I've always been intrigued by the prizes, and 
um, whether it's like a free subscription to MLS Live, a match ball. Oh, I love that. Past, yeah, in the past I've done a uh, trip to the All-Star Game, which, you know, I certainly understand there are budget constraints, but I definitely think that's a way to keep the fans playing, uh, fantasy players playing the game, um, is weekly prizes, monthly prizes, or, you know, just more prizes in general for, for overall. So, yeah, selfishly, then that's something I'm hoping to see, too, is more prizes to go around. Maybe maybe we'll start that. We'll start that next season. We'll be like, if you do well in our league each month, Guy Sanchez will send you a signed picture of himself. <laughs> Dude, I have an awesome signature, by the way. There we go. It's happening. I want it to is. win that prize. It's, it's, I'm really proud of it, actually. But, you know, there should be something like um, it, like the, the merit-based prizes. I like that, you know. But maybe like the All-Star game is like the person that logs in and makes at least three transfers a month is put into the pool or something to like – so just so that you're actively participating because people actively participate and just have crap scores. So you don't want to like disqualify them by the middle of June from getting any good prizes either. But if they knew that if they if they kept going at it and they logged into their account, you know, X amount of you know days or transfer windows – to the end of the game, that would be something worth worth waiting for, worth uh, at least plugging in on. Yeah, mm-hmm. think outside the box for some of these prizes. Not yeah, I like that. What it's about any of the uh, scoring changes? I know you guys mentioned a few things here and there, but um, I've always thought like a hat trick should be recognized and maybe earn a few extra points. That'd be um, cool. That doesn't happen often, but I think. A couple years back, two or three years back, they actually had a uh, bonus for hat trick. And then uh, we were talking shots on goals earlier. So on that same note, like how many times have you guys been uh, watching a game, hit the crossbar, hit the woodwork? Like give us some points for shots that hit the post, even a half point or <laughs> Half point, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. So would you have gotten two points for bouncing off both points in the shootout? Oh, man. You guys, I, I, I nearly crapped my pants like three times that night. I was an emotional wreck. I couldn't, I couldn't even I still can't even talk about it without getting a little queasy. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great idea, Skylar. I, I'd love to see shots on goal uh, and sure include the woodwork and, and on goal. I'd, I'd love to see percentage for passes completed like if you hit 60% you got one point if you if you hit 80% you got two points something like that I think would be fantastic would help some midfielders especially on the defensive end maybe with some things uh, personally I could I could stand to get rid of second assists but I think that's my own personal battle that's never going to be won and me I hate that. <laughs> Jay and I, Jay and I are going to lead to that. But yeah, I, I think there's some other stats that we could bring in. I don't know what else we could do to help defenders. It it might be it's a lost cause, but um, yeah, those are those are a couple of stats I would love to see added in for next season. Yeah, I I mean like I know we we were discussing just the different changes. I th- I mean my top my top three changes would be first and foremost like like Guy said and I was saying earlier bringing the roster down to 15, I think that that would be very beneficial, spending money elsewhere, maybe even doing like a like, you know, $100 million or $120 million budget. Um, number two, uh, I really think that um, MLS scheduling in general should be more consistent during international breaks, don't have any games. I understand that it would maybe make it instead of, you know, your 34-week, it would extend it to 36 or 37, but at the same time, I think that it would be a lot better for MLS 
and just in general. And then number three, I, uh, I like I've been saying all season, I think that the uh, injury reports need to come out, and I think that they need to to let us know what's going on because now that now that we are coming into the daily fantasy sports world people aren't going to invest their money or gamble their money blindly on on something and players that they don't know are going to play for sure. I know that you can still sub in a player like um, like Skyler did, but at the same time, I mean, there are people that hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to put in I'm going to I'm going to pay my $2.50 for the, you know, $800 prize and I'm going to I'm going to put in this lineup because this is what I think is good and then I'm going to go to bed and wake up in the morning and hopefully I won something. So I think it'd be better for more of the casual fan and more of the, uh, you know, diehard fan in all aspects of the game. Summed it up pretty well there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go there. So I don't think any podcast would be complete by us if we didn't have at least some kind of fun thing at the end of the show. And and so the first thing I want to do is, is I feel like we have to give props to the winner of the r slash fantasy MLS league. Uh, and like I said before, it was super competitive. Uh, I came in at, at 63rd myself, but the, the winner was... Uh, Dan Myers, manager of 620 Crush, and he had uh, 2,757 points, so that was a pretty fantastic score, and it's not to be surprised because he came in number one overall. So the only thing that he did not have a number one in, it was one of his head-to-head leagues called Cascadia Clash. So congrats, Dan. You killed it this season. Um, I'll try to hit you up sometime to get your info, but good job. And now I think this came up on... On Twitter, when I was trying to see about questions for this final show, there's already a thread on r slash fantasy MLS from older Goaler, who's uh, been a great follower and participated in a lot of stuff this year. And these are just categories for awards for different fantasy players. And so we've got a few of them here. Head on over to Reddit if you have your own and post some there. But I'm just going to see, just real quick, who would you guys pick to get this award? And I'll give you mine first, and you guys can chime in. So the first one is most likely to stay in your team when injured, like we asked Ben earlier. And for me, it's Axel Hoberry. It totally was for you, wasn't it? Wow. It was yeah. for me. I, he was just on my team forever because I was like, this is going to be the week he's going to come back. He was super cheap, and he did great whenever he was in there. He is, he is definitely going to be on my team next year. But yes, Axel was, <laughs> is that guy I'm most lucky to stay in my team. You know, for me, it was Baji. Uh, because I don't know if he was ever injured, but he got loaned out, and he was like $4.4 million. And then, like, he also scored a few goals at some point, and, like, I think I only played him when he scored goals. He did pretty well for (laughs) me. I was a pretty big fan of Baji. Yeah, I think for me it was uh, Cameron Porter from the Impact. I actually... I had him forever. Yeah, I think I uh, grabbed him when he had that huge game. Uh, It wasn't even MLS. It was the Champions League. He scored the game winner, and then I realized he was, like, minimum price on uh, FMLS. So I picked him up, and, yeah, I think he probably just, you know, just hung out on my bench for a few weeks until I had a wild card or... Was able to transfer him out, but actually, but um, no, really, Giovinco was actually that guy mid-season or towards the end of the season. You guys remember when he had that heel bruise that was mm-hmm. popping up on yeah. his, his uh, player card, and then he came out, and I think he had a pretty good week that that one week that he was uh, questionable with that heel bruise. So, yeah, Porter or Giovinco, take your pick. 
Yeah, mine, uh, my, the two guys that were always in my lineup no matter what, or at least on my bench, were uh, one point Woody and Polster, just because if I needed to throw somebody in or have some switcheroo that failed me miserably because I suck, uh, it was it was those two guys, um, just because I could always throw them in on the bench. But any high-profile player, um, it would definitely had to have been, I think, uh, Giovinco throughout the entire season, obviously Benny in the beginning, and then Cluston in the second half. Mm. Yeah, I think feel free, I, feel free to pass if you guys don't have one. No, I I I rode Via in the beginning of the year when he was Just in and out with Andrew. He got me up pretty high, and then I think I stayed with uh, Simon a little too much. He wasn't injured, but he was always kicking people like in the ground, so. He was always like suspended for a game, but I always just kept him around for, for more punishment when he would come get another red card next week. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so who do we have as your most undervalued player? And uh, for me, it was a tie between uh, Miazga and Kamara. Kamara is undervalued. What? What? At the start of the season, I think he was definitely undervalued at the start of the season. Oh yeah, yeah he's absolutely. Pretty cheap. I don't think anyone expected him to be right there contending for Golden Boot. Came in there, started at 8.0, so a mid-range value within in fantasy. But I don't, I don't think he was someone. I gotta that was, remember. Uh, looked to at the beginning. I gotta remember to go back and look at. I think we had like predictions at the start of the year. I totally forgot to pull those out. But I'm gonna look them up from the first show we did and tweet some predictions because I'm pretty sure I said Kamara was gonna do really well. So, just saying. Well, then he was not your undervalued. I did also say Miazga, though. Yeah, he was super undervalued. That's a good pick. I didn't think of that one. But I don't think... I would say Jorge Villafania was the most undervalued because he was, like, one of the, the key defenders down the stretch as far as getting some assists and free kicks. And, you know, Portland had a massive ton of clean sheets. So, I'd go Villafania. That's the most under-the-radar guy. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It was... Sorry, Jason. No, you're good. Go ahead. You're good. I, yeah, I was just going to say, for me, it was definitely Kyle Lahren. He was hovering oh, right around yeah. $6 million all year. And, yeah, he was inconsistent. But when he went off, man, like, if you didn't have him in your lineup, then uh, that was brutal. So it was him. And then uh, second half of the season, Jesse Gonzalez for FC Dallas was huge. He was only, like, four point. Three or four point four, something like that. Especially with uh, Laren, when you sort of factor in the the woes of Orlando at times, yeah, definitely an under radar. Yeah, mine was uh, uh, Ethan Finley or Finlay. Uh, I don't think anybody expected him to be in the top five of midfielders, and the the dude was just in, you know, an assist machine. Yeah, smashing it. And I mean, at nine point six, you could have kept him in your consistently get you points over and over and over. I don't think any of us had him on our radar. at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't think any of us had him on our radar until, you know, probably, you know, a quarter of the season went through or went by. Um, but he was a guy that I think that for his value was one of the best performers. I was definitely much more on Merrim for, uh, for uh, Columbus. Yeah, you were. Mm-hmm. And he was still good, though. Merrim's quality. Definitely. Uh, so our next one is most overed value player. And for me... This is every keeper priced over 5.5. Ridiculous. <laughs> Agreed. That's a good one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, uh, 
I'll go with every defender priced over 6.5 as a follow-up. <laughs> like, I, I actually think it's totally true. I don't think there was, like, ever a time where I was happy, except for, like, two weeks with Simon, where I was ever happy having a defender that costed more than 6.5. Yeah, like, Ellis and Viafania were steals this year. And even Miazga and everything else, it was just, I think, like, Hedges, Gonzo, Beasler, that... I mean, they were just crazy, man. Having that much money, $10 million invested in a back line, like mm -hmm. one one position that's not scoring goals, even though they did get 159 and 158 points respectively. It's a lot of money to tie up in, uh, in the back line. Yeah, if I'm going to get specific for defenders, I think that uh, Ariel and Colin is always overvalued. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. uh, up front, I think Dom Dwyer was probably the biggest flop north of $10 million the game has ever seen. By far. Like, he had, yeah, he had a couple of, like, okay weeks, but, boy, was he bad this year. Oh, you really hated it. He, got, he broke 100 with his points, though. I mean, Namath I can beat him. Namath beat him. Yeah, if I was married to Sidney Lever, I wouldn't be thinking about football either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this vicious. game does. i got to get home. <laughs> Oh, that's nuts. Uh, so, almost finished. The next one we have is, um, what player would you most want to have a drink with? I told you guys this one. I'd have two of them, which would be Dax and, um, well, his name just escaped me, uh, McGee, just because I think those two guys would be just a riot to be in a bar with all their antics. It's so much fun. You know, and I'll even throw Quincy in there because Quincy's dope. See, dope. Uh, I went with Clint Irwin because he always tweets funny things. Hmm. And it's not just about soccer. Like he, he'll comment on random stuff, and I'm like, Clint Irwin seems like he would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, I think so. He'd be pretty cool. I'll go with Brad Evans. Brad Evans is the most fun to do anything with because he's got a cool dog, and it seems like he has cool <laughs> friends. And I wish I was Brad Evans. Yeah. <laughs> So I'll go with Brad Evans. Mm, uh, I mean, staying with the Timbers, I think I'd go with uh, Liam Ridgewell. Such homers. <laughs> but if I had to go outside of that, I would probably have a drink with Fail Hobber and just be like, so August 15th, what happens? Because you guys suck <laughs> after that. <laughs> maybe over a couple beers, he'd just be like, I don't know, man. It's just, you know. Coach is such a hard ass. I don't know yet. Maybe he'll just break down and just get it off his chest. Yeah, you're going to F me up. He didn't put me in the lineup. Oh. I'll also throw in Pirlo. How about Pirlo? Like, no, he, the guy's got to have good... Wine, bro. I know, he he's got to have good taste. You need to get in on that. Yeah, he would leave He would leave with, like, six girls and you'd be stuck by yourself with the bar tab. Sorry, man. Yeah, that's going to give you a complex. He was actually going to make my most overvalued player list right up there with... uh. With Lampard, uh, Gerard, Lampard, <laughs> and Papa. yeah, a bunch of superstars there. I, I, yeah, uh, I, I thought about some of those guys too because they just, uh, yeah, you know, another one I put as undervalued is is Legette because he he was, he was really good. Yeah. Yeah, I guess for me, if uh, it's probably too soon to say C.J. Sapong or, or Marco Papa as a uh, player that I want to have a drink with. 
Oh, maybe Clint Dempsey. Gotta go with the. Oh uh, uh, yeah, get a little rap going state. on if you guys have some drinks. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Take no, it to a karaoke bar. That's no it. big deuce. Like some barbecue, so <laughs> barbecue and beer with them. And uh, going back to what guy was saying, like if I have a few, few too many drinks, then uh, Deuce's crew would be right there for me to, there we to go. back me up. So. There we go. Hey, gentlemen, I hate to cut this short, but I do need to get off. I have a meeting in the morning. I just got an email, so. We are almost finished. So last one, and I think everyone can probably agree with this one, Mr. Fantasy, Sebastian Javinko. Agreed. Oh, yeah, Agreed. Sure. Yeah, done and done. Everything. Yeah. So uh, I guess the very last thing, we're going to wrap everything up right now. Do any of you guys have anything you want to plug for the last time? Not until next year. Not. not until next year. Yeah, yeah, keep following people. Yeah, listen, uh, listen to us next year. We'll listen to updates. Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. We're excited Maybe. for next year. We'll do that. Uh, I know. I'm sure. Uh, Jason and I will be working on some stuff to do in in the off season. There'll be some stats that are going up. We're going to work on another primer over MLS Fantasy Boss. Please head over to r slash fantasy MLS to check out the feedback survey that will be posted within the next couple of days. Uh, just let us know what you think about the subreddit, and we're going to try to get some things changed up to make it even better for next season. Also, head over to MLS Fantasy Boss. I have a survey posted there, and there's a section about the MLS Fantasy Insider podcast. So please give some feedback about the podcast. We'd love to just make this the, the best show that we can for you guys. There will be an update on r slash fantasy MLS about prizes once I have a chance to review some of my, my records for who got the highest scores. And, uh, I mean, I'm watching games too, so give me, give me a break, guys. But I'll have a post <laughs> about the prizes. Then also, the r slash fantasy MLS blog of the year award is going to fantasy football first. So congrats, guys. Uh, you killed it. You were fantastic to have involved with this year. I'll get the picture out to you and we look forward to hearing from, from you and probably some of the fantasy football 24-7 guys next season when we get when we get started. Uh, so finally, thanks again to everyone who joined us tonight, especially to Ben and everyone who put so, so much hard work into making this fantasy game so much fun over at MLS. Uh, you guys, you guys, thanks a lot for, for just providing this for us. Um, also, a big thanks to the r slash fantasy MLS Reddit community. You guys were awesome with providing questions and really helping support this whenever we picked it up from AJ this year. Uh, at least for me, you're a big reason that I continue to do this. Uh, and finally, thanks to all of our listeners. Uh, we love interacting Yay. with you yeah, over on social media. And, uh, I mean, you guys tuning in is, is literally the reason why we're still here because Simon keeps track of that stuff, and, and that's, <laughs> that's what keeps the lights on. Yeah. Not really, but, wow. but it, it makes sense. Uh, and then off script, personally for me, thank you so much to, to all you guys who have come on here and helped with the show, uh, co-hosting and providing your thoughts and insights. It's it's awesome to find guys who are uh, as obsessed about stuff like this <laughs> as I am. Um, and for you guys to give up your time to come out and do this, as we know, Jason and Jay both have to have to leave. So it's <laughs> thank so you. Reed. Just thank you so much, everyone. So very much. And as yeah. always, good luck.